Everyone, this is a special episode of the DLC Drop Podcast. It's my pleasure to welcome Chris Gronkowski, founder and CEO of our sponsor, Ice Shaker. He's going to go deep into what it's like to be an NFL player, uh, how he got his start with Ice Shaker as an entrepreneur, and how you can make it into the Shark Tank. Let's talk to Chris. Drop in the untold stories of industry leaders, influencers, and insights on future innovation. I'm John Davidson, and this is the DLC DLC Drop Drop Podcast. Podcast. All right, today is a special episode with the founder and CEO of iShaker, who is our inaugural sponsor of the DLC Drop Podcast. Let's go. Chris Gronkowski, welcome to the show, my friend. Hey, man, I'm pumped, man. Finally, what, what episode is this? Uh, be number 60, one. Ah, <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, you know, wait, it's the wait, second season, second what? season, so I think it starts over again. Okay. So we'll go season two, episode one. Okay, I'll take it. Technically, I'll take it. So what is it? Sixty? You're on sixty? We are actually. I think this is maybe sixty-three. Wow, man! Congrats. Thank you. I've I, listened to probably at least ten. Cool. Appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I kind of get lost in like the little tunnel, man. Like I start one, and I'm like, all right, and I keep going. I'm like, all right, and then I run out of time and. So you got to get back to those emails. Back to the gym is what I need to do. That's that's the real problem here. There you go. There you go. Thank you also for going long sleeve. Makes me feel a little bit better. It's probably the only time I'm actually putting <laughs> sleeves on. You know, <laughs> I don't know why I do, but I think it's because I yeah I just this this is a pretty sweet hoodie. Yeah, we got this done, and um, I was a huge fan, so I've been rocking it a lot. Are you guys selling those, or is that just personal use only? It was uh, it was a trade, so we do a lot of trades for product as well. Okay. Uh, trade came in. You know, we we swapped some bottles for some gear, and um, I took one jacket. My sales rep took the other. Man, and there's yeah. only two, and we walk around, and everyone's like, "Where's my jacket?" Yeah. But we need more swag. We need yeah. more gear, and you got to do it right too, though. Like you have to get good stuff because Big I think everyone starts where you, know, you buy like you know lower end, not as expensive stuff, and you're like, "Yeah, I'm just." I'm going cheap on it, and then no one wears it though. So you, at the end of the day, it's just a right. waste of money. You got to get some good gear so people actually wear it, and that's huge marketing for you. And I think the other thing too is like is the sizes, right? Because I've been part of some companies where we did some apparel, we did some T-shirts, and there's there's two main things I took away. One is like you don't buy the same amount, the same quantity of every size. You end up with a bunch of XLs or a bunch of mediums or whatever. The other is which is often overlooked is women's apparel designed for women and so many ladies you know they're stuck with like all right there's this one size fits all guys shirt that i have and i one thing actually nike one of the things that really catapulted them years ago is they treated the female athlete as their target market as their core consumer and they catered to women in the way that they wanted it underserved market they just eat that up Makes sense, man. Yeah, the shirts, you're right with the shirts. That's, I did not think we were going to be talking about apparel. I, I didn't either, today. man. <laughs> I, need, I need more gear. That's yeah. what it comes down to. All right, so look out, for, <laughs> look out for more ice shaker gear in the near future, but immediately and currently look out for yes. um, this innovative product. Tell us, what is ice shaker? Yeah, man, so this is... Uh, it really comes down to something I wanted for myself. That's like That's like the simplest way to explain why I started it. And what it is, but um, I'm here in Dallas. I was playing in the NFL. I was done playing. I'm going to the gym like twice a day still because it's like the best stress relief ever for me. Yeah, that's just what I've done my whole life. So, I'm um, going to the gym. I'm going home actually to grab a bottle first, a water bottle. Grabbing a plastic shaker. I'm getting there, and by the time I get there, my cup holder in my truck is like just soaked with sweat, like the condensation from it. Yeah. Grab it. I go inside. I take a sip of it. It tastes awful. It's already getting warm, and you're like. <laughs> Yeah, come on like it's so hot I'm working out like I just want a cold drink right and then it came to the point where I was like making sweat rings on the ground between each set and I was making like just stupid designs and I, it finally hit me like what am I doing like, <laughs> right. there's so many insulated bottles out there and this was kind of like when Yeti was blowing up and sure. they were crushing it and I was using a Yeti at work and I'm like this thing is awesome like, yeah. the technology here is amazing like it keeps my drink cold all day and so I went home and I was like I'm going to find something that's actually insulated but we'll actually mix powders because mm-hmm. you take Yeti, but there's nothing to mix it. And you had to put your finger over like the little spout just to get it from, yeah. you know, not, not spilling. And, uh, went home that day and was like, yeah, I'm just going to go on Amazon and grab something. And there was just nothing out there. Mm. So that day I was like, Hmm, 
you know, there's a huge opportunity here. Like this is a super simple idea. It's a proven idea. Yeah. Let's just make it better. You know, mm-hmm. I've had the same 20, you know, shaker bottles in my cabinet. They're all exactly the same. Nothing's changed in 10, 20 years. Sure. Let's see, let's improve it. That was, that was it. You know, take the plastic shaker bottle that I like that I use, <clears throat> but then fix all the things that I didn't like. Just simple, simple idea. That was a lot harder than I thought it would be. <laughs> <laughs> the DLC drop podcast is sponsored by ice shaker. I've been a huge fan of this brand for the past few years, ever since I met founder Chris Gronkowski. Uh, What I love about this product is the brand story, the functionality, and the customization. iShaker is a Shark Tank company invested in by Mark Cuban and Alex Rodriguez, owned by NFL players Rob Gronkowski and Chris Gronkowski. I love using my ice shaker anytime I'm driving to the podcast studio, I'm going skateboarding, or I'm at the gym. No matter what I'm doing, it just does a great job of keeping my drinks hot or cold. The customization for ice shaker is something that's super unique. You can get any name, just about any logo engraved onto your ice shaker and delivered to you within just three to five business days. Get your own DLC Drop branded ice shaker at iceshaker.com forward slash DLC Drop. Save 20% on all ice shaker products with the discount code DLC Drop. Well, the simplest ideas are the best. And I really want to dig into, to, you know, what was that actual experience of, you know, from idea to where we are today. But was because where my mind immediately would go if I was in your place is, well, Yeti's just going to do that. Or somebody's just going to easily replicate my product. Like, what was that experience, or what was you know? How did you get over that? Because you obviously have a very successful brand and product today, but somebody on the outside could have looked at that back then and been like, "They've already got that double walled uh, technology, mm-hmm. and you know these shaker bottles. Like, why don't they just do this?" What was kind of the answer to that experience? Uh, I mean, it, it happened right away. Mm-hmm. Uh, Blender Bottle did get into that market probably like four months after we launched our, our first stainless steel bottle and they were always in plastic so that was our main competitor and still is our main competitor yet he wouldn't because they're they're more of an outdoors brand you know sure. they're they're hunting fishing cam, uh you know camo kind of products and um it was just not their market which you don't realize either uh, you know because i tried to kind of dip into their market once we started going yeah but we built something that's sports health fitness sure you know, then to try to jump into outdoor camo didn't work but when we came back and yeah. we thought about it, like, well, hey, that's not our brand. They've done a great job of building that market. You know, we've done a great job building this market. What are we also good at? We came back with military camo, and it did amazing. Wow. Because we do a lot with the military. We donate to the military, and the military aligns with health and fitness and, and being active. So, um, yeah, there's always going to be someone that comes and tries to knock you off. But really with everything, you know, at, at first, like, we didn't have patents. Mm-hmm. We didn't have any of that. And everyone's like, oh, no patent. Like, you know, how can you do it? Well, you know, it's the same thing with my wife's business that I was doing before this. We just did it better than everyone else. That was it. You know, with her business, it was custom engraving. You know, at that time, we would turn the product in one to two days. And at that time, in 2012, when we started, it was more of like a one to two week processing time for custom items. Wow. So turning it same day, a lot of times we got emails that were like, hey, you forgot to customize my item. Hmm. And we'd have to write back and be like, hey, no, we did customize it. It already shipped. And they would be like, there's no way. Wow. And then they would get so excited about it. It would come. It would actually look good, good quality, done right. And then they would tell everybody. Mm. And that was the thing, man. We just did it better, provided better customer service. And people are going to start talking. And they're going to appreciate what you're doing. You take care of them. They take care of you. Yeah, I think service is such a great differentiator for a number of reasons. Number one, one of the things I learned in marketing school is, you know, you don't want to be the cheapest guy on the block for a number of reasons. One is you can easily be undercut by a bigger company that can lose money longer than you. Yeah. Secondly, profit margin. You got to sell way more of this than if I'm charging twice as much. But the third that I think is so interesting is uh, price sensitive customers are not brand loyal. And then additionally, when you have a premium product and these are well priced, so it's not like these are like a hundred bucks each or anything crazy like that, but a premium customer is brand loyal They've got disposable income to be able to afford your product. That's another uh, lesson of businesses. Can your target market afford your product? But also that level of service people are willing to pay for, and that creates loyalty. 
And for, I mean, I experienced this myself when I was getting ready for my one year anniversary party before we had even talked about sponsorship. I was coming with things last minute. I was like, oh, I need some stickers. I got some patches made. And I was like, oh, what if I got ice shakers custom engraved? And it was like a week before. And if I was talking to anybody else, it would just been a hard no. That's incredible. Yeah. And uh, I think you said the stickers didn't show up in time. Exactly. But the bottles did. (laughs) (laughs) They did. And we, we raffled off five. And actually, like what gave me the idea to approach you for the sponsorship was how well received they were. Like first I got them in in person. I was like, okay, how is these going to look? Dang, these are sick. I kept one for myself, of course. (laughs) But to be able to give these to people and for people to be like, whoa, like not only is it an incredibly functional product that is just, and I'm kind of fanning out here, but it's like, I use this all the time. And then it's dope on top of like the functionality, like with the engraving. Yeah. So I want to take you back really quick to your other, your pre-ice shaker life. Yeah, man. I, I think this is so interesting. I follow you on Instagram and one of the pieces of content, which you're a great content creator yourself, uh, which is kind of try. You get I'll your try. hands in all sorts of things, <laughs> which is cool. But you're answering all of these NFL questions. Yep. And a lot of them are stuff either I've wondered or I haven't thought about before. So talk to us a little bit. You were undrafted going into the NFL. You played four years? Four, four credited seasons got hurt going into my fourth year. So okay. um, started three years, three different teams, went to a fourth team and uh, got hurt in camp. Right. And so y- you've experienced, you know, working your way to get in the NFL. I've heard you have a brother who has played football. He's all right. He's had a somewhat <laughs> successful career next to um, Tom Brady, I think, is his Man, he just posted 11 years, 11th year. I'm like, man, 11 years. That's That's incredible. That's incredible. So I want to hear a little bit about, you know, Insider. What is what is life really like for NFL players, whether that's you're grinding, you're on the practice squad, or you're just, like, working to get on the team, or, you know, you're catching uh, some touchdowns from Tom Brady. What is that like? Yeah, man. Uh, kind of like I just said, like, 11 years is insane. Yeah. Unless you're Tom Brady and you've got 22 <laughs> years. That's, that's just unheard of. That's yeah. just another level. But, um it's a job like at the end of the day i mean a lot of people look at it and they're like oh man it must be so fun you know playing a game for a living and uh my response is always like yeah it's it's cool until you know uh you can't sleep at night uh Mm. you grind your teeth every single day you get fined a thousand dollars for being one minute late you get fined 500 and then this was 10 years ago 530 dollars a pound that you are overweight per day that you're overweight wow (laughs) uh you know, you, you're going to get hurt, you know, pretty much guaranteed at some point you're probably going to have surgery, if yeah. not multiple surgeries. Um, you know, I walked away with one surgery and a completely ruptured hamstring that I didn't have surgery on. Mm. Uh, my brother's probably up to uh, nine surgeries now at this point. Jeez. Uh, so, you know, you, your health is going to deteriorate pretty quickly from all the injuries or you're just going to have to take care of yourself the rest of your life you know that's something that mm. every day I'm, I'm still going to the gym i'm taking care of myself because i have to so yeah. um you know playing at that level it, it is it's a dream come true for sure uh-huh. the money's great uh, even as the least paid player on the entire field the money was still pretty good you know yeah. it, it allowed me to to leave the nfl and, and start other things and you know really funded that so i would never complain about it but it's an absolute grind. Like you don't get there because you're someone that just sits back and chills and you get lucky. You you get there because you're working extremely hard to get to that level. And then you got to work extremely hard to stay at that level. Yeah. The other thing is you get there. And I, I I remember a piece of content you did that was, you're describing the life of an NFL player. And you said, imagine you spend probably from age 10, like working for free. Yep. And then, you know, after school, you're working for hours and hours, all these places, you go to, you go to college and you have an opportunity to this education, but really you're putting hours and hours and hours. Let's say it was an internship, full-time job that you're not getting (laughs) paid for with the hopes that you get the opportunity to capture this very high paying job, probably for one year. Yep. And you're probably going to need you're gonna, surgery, get hurt, all these things. And you're going to be maybe, and you're going to be 2% that actually get a chance and 1% that actually make it Yeah. on top of that. And what is, what is the average uh, NFL 
career span? Is it two years? Is so it it's, one year? It's about two and a half years. Okay. And um, to get retirement benefits, it's three credited seasons. So of course it is. <laughs> it's, set up, it's set up nicely so that uh, most guys don't get it. Yeah. And if you don't get it, you walk away with whatever you made up until that point. Mm. Uh, so if I was, and as a... You know, an undrafted player, and most players, uh, really after the first year, once they get that signing bonus, they're on a contract that there's nothing guaranteed. Mm. So, you know, for me, if I was on the roster on Wednesday, I got paid that day or that week. Okay. If I wasn't on the roster that week, I didn't get another penny. Whoa. Ever. You know, it was done. Like, you were you were done. You're going <laughs> home. Man. And, you know, you might get picked up by another team. You might go to practice squad, you know, or you might never play again. So wow. that was that's how it was. and nothing was guaranteed you know for the most part there's a very few guys that have guaranteed money those are the superstars mm. that you hear about right those are the guys who are like man he just signed for 50 million and that's one guy sure on the entire team uh when i was playing and, and this was again um you know i started in 2010 to 2013 played three seasons um as a starting fullback and went into the fourth season got hurt but there might have been five guys on my team actually making over a million dollars Wow. So we have this perception that it's just all these like multimillionaires like rolling around yep. in their Bentleys. Absolutely, man. So like starting fullback Dallas Cowboys, you must have so much money. And I was like, man, my rookie year I made three oh five. You know, that and then yeah. after taxes, which yes, you pay taxes, people think you don't pay taxes for some reason. Um, <laughs> you pay in every state that you play in. You pay, you know, federal taxes. Oh, you, you interesting. So when you do that California game, you're playing the Niners. You're getting crushed. <laughs> 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 Paid a nice 13% state um, income tax that, you know, when you go back to Texas, you don't pay that. Yeah. So by playing in, you know, LA uh, or San Fran or, you know, a lot of these other states, but obviously California is the worst, uh, you're losing money. Or I guess you're taking almost like a pay cut that week. That's incredible because I've heard people talk about, you know, like, let's say like Aaron Rodgers, right? We don't know where he's going to end up next season. Maybe you do. <laughs> uh, man, no one knows yet. <laughs> but, you know, people sometimes will bring up these tax implications. And I think a lot of times we have that attitude like, yeah, but homie's making 40 million. It doesn't matter. But what you're telling me is like the majority of these dudes are not, you got your agent you got to pay, right? You got your taxes. Like w- what other like kind of factors are there that we wouldn't we yeah, there's, overlook. there's, I mean, there's union dues, but those max out. So you'll max, I think it's 15K a year for uh-huh. your union dues. And that's for the NFLPA. Agent, um, you're usually paying it on, on average, a normal agent's 3%. Mm-hmm. paying 3% of your contract to your agent. Uh, marketing deals, which everyone thinks you get like a million marketing deals as an NFL player. Yeah. You don't, unless you're <laughs> that superstar that's already making a right. ton of money. So yeah. uh, as a starting lineman, you might get maybe one. You might sure. get like 5K on the side for mm-hmm. like a signing or something. But um, starting fullback for the Cowboys, maybe, maybe made $5,000, $10,000 on the side. Right. Uh, so you're not getting a lot there. And then you're usually paying a marketing agent more like 10 to 20%. Yeah, because they're going and getting that deal, setting it up for you, all that as well, and then state, you know, state income taxes, all that, and then um, you know your cost of living as well. And the sure. thing is, is that you know everyone wants you to take care of them. Then at that point, so right, you know, friends, family, all that. When they come to a game, you get two free tickets. That's it mm. for a home game, away game. You don't get any free tickets. So home game, you get two free tickets. Then you got to buy the rest. <laughs> but everyone thinks like, you're going broke at the Super Bowl. Yeah, man. So like sometimes <laughs> yeah. oh, the Super Bowl is insane. You can't as a player, if you're active, you can buy two tickets, but they charge you full face value on them. Wow. And then okay. as a player on the actual Super Bowl teams, you're allowed to you get two free. Okay. Those are the only free tickets that are handed out for the Super Bowl. And then you have the option to buy 13 more, but it's at full value. <laughs> wow. So, um, no player discount. When my brother went the last time he went to the Super Bowl, I think they were thirty five hundred dollars tickets. So, um, <laughs> you know, I, I paid him for them because sure, you know, if I bought that on StubHub, it would have been like ten G's. So yeah, but I was like, man, you know, he bought thirteen extra. I'm I gotta pay him back. I mean, that's man. a lot of cash to be out of just to let your family come to a game. So. I know he makes a lot, but still. Uh, he really needed that million-dollar incentive this year. He did, like, man, we, just to pay for those <laughs> tickets from the year before. <laughs> but no, that's so it, it adds up, man. And um, like you're not, but for most guys, like you're not absolutely crushing it. And uh, for yeah. most guys, it could end tomorrow. That's the biggest thing I think, because is you know people could be listening to this episode or watching this episode and be like, yeah, you guys are crying about 
all the money you have to spend that a lot of people have to spend, but you're making 500 grand. But, and spoiler, I made way less than 500 grand this year. Uh, (laughs) But it's like, but what if you made 500 grand for one year, one time? Exactly. And then, and then, and I made this argument as well on social, the skills don't transfer over. Like the stuff you're doing every day, blocking Mm -hmm. somebody, catching a pass, you know, everyone's like, well, you learn like leadership and all that stuff. You're like, not really. I mean, my coaches (laughs) are good leaders, but as a player, like I'm just following the rules. Right. I'm I'm not learning leadership. If I, you know, if I take the time to kind of like try to figure that out maybe, but on a day-to-day basis, like the skills you learn cannot correlate to anything else. I'm trying to learn how to move a huge man this way when he wants to go that way. I'm not like studying Bill Belichick's like leadership lessons or he's not counseling me on leadership. He's trying to win a Super Bowl. Yeah, so maybe coaching, maybe it'll make sense, but like not even because what you're learning (laughs) is one position and that's it. So you could go on and be a position coach. I mean, that's something that obviously you know how the game works and, and you know your position, but other than that, man, like you're for the most part, you're completely starting over. Yeah. So one thing I know too, I mean, it's, it's, it's well known that not just the NFL, but all professional sports, a lot of guys go bankrupt. Right. And I think one of those things are people find out you got a lot of money all of a sudden and you got, Hey, I got a business. You know, we're in this entrepreneurial world. We're in this VC world. So I talk to a lot of people who are looking for investment. I talk to a lot of investors who are looking for startups. And I bet a lot of those eyeballs go on you NFL players and like, this guy's making a, a few hundred G's this year. Like, maybe what what was that like? Did you um, experience or did you have teammates who experienced? Is it just an onslaught of people or is it somewhere in between? No, they, they definitely come after you. Um, I, I mean, not necessarily me, but I've seen it happen a lot with my brother. Mm. So fortunately, my dad's been in business for 32 years now, and he was also the one that was helping us and looking over contracts and all that stuff as well. So he would not let anyone take advantage of us, and he would read through all the contracts and make sure that everything was done correctly. But a lot of guys don't. They just sign the paper and they take the deal. But there was times where Rob was doing charity events, and um, – you know, people came and asked him to sign extra footballs in the back room, and he was like, "Hey, um, like I would love to, but I actually have a contract with New England Card, and I'm not allowed to sign any of the autographs." Yeah. And um, I, after this show, and they, oh, the guy said, "Well, you know, your agent, we paid your agent for this." And he said, "I don't have an agent. This is a charity <laughs> event. What are you talking about?" Wow. And the guy who set up the charity event was acting as his agent, saying that you know you had to pay. I don't know what he. I think it was thirty, forty thousand dollars for these signed balls. Wow. And Rob didn't even know about it. And you know, it was a charity event he did for free. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you know, they're asking him to sign balls. He's like, I, I can't. Like I'm, and they're all pissed about this money they paid. And that's what you had to watch out for. That for sure. But they come after these guys too because you don't know the business world. So, you know, they're going to yeah. come at you. They're going to put a really good pitch deck together. They're going to guarantee like, hey, we're going to absolutely crush it. We did it with this one, this one, this one. This mm-hmm. guy's a part of the board, all this stuff. And you're sitting there like, man, I got all this extra money to spend. Or, you know, it's kind of just sitting there. If I could five exit, you know, let's, let's do it. Mm-hmm. And you don't know what to look for. You have no idea. So they just completely take advantage of you. And that's what happens to a lot of guys is they invest in stuff that really is just a super ridiculous long shot. Yeah. It's probably never going to happen. And then it goes under and they lose a lot of money. Yeah. So it sounds like you were very fortunate to have your father be somebody who was an entrepreneur, was a businessman. I mean, been in business for a long time. And, you know, I've heard you in many of our conversations talk about how that has aided you. Talk about how, you know, okay, your NFL career ends and you're trying to figure out what to do next all the way to starting Ice Shaker. How did your dad's, you know, 30 plus years experience in business aid you and help you take steps faster towards where you are today? Man, I should have listened to him more is what it comes down to. (laughs) (laughs) Because unfortunately, uh, I left the NFL super competitive and, you know, you think you could take on the world by yourself, right? Of course. And so my dad sat there and, you know, he told me so many times, like, hey, you got to have a plan. You have to budget, forecast. And his biggest thing was you need to to delegate responsibilities. Hmm. He's like, yeah, that's cool that you can work 120 hours a week. Like, you know, uh, (laughs) that only lasts for so long. You're going to have a family at some point. You know, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, like you're going to burn yourself out. You got to build a team and you got to learn how to pass those responsibilities on. And of course me, not, um, 
not listening and thinking I could do everything in the world possible. Yeah, it took me probably three years before I learned that. Mm. You know, to really start building a team and what's crazy about it is it's like, man, you came from these amazing organizations that had these amazing structures and teams built out. You leave it and then you try to do everything yourself. Like take that same structure and pull it into your business. Yeah. And really that I would say to really engage on that and really put that same structure in place took me four years. Yeah, that's, I mean, transparently, that's something I struggle with. I try to, for for two reasons. Number one, I kind of feel like I should do everything. But the other thing is I do have, I'm, I'm a little scared to hire people, you know? I'm like, currently I'm not- First make, hire is hard, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's really hard. Yeah, so currently it's like, man, I don't want to put a salary on top of my other expenses. Right now I'm doing fine by myself, but if I really want to do what I really want to do, so you take more, not just more than me than just a bandwidth standpoint, but you know, get people who have other ex- expertises and experience other than you. Like what advice would you give to somebody who's starting a company and they're starting with those first few hires? Based man, on your experience. Yeah, man, that that was hard. Uh, so what I did, I'll tell you what not to do. Uh, <laughs> Please. <laughs> yeah, you, you go right for your friends and family, right? The people that you trust the most. So, right. Um, you know, you go and you, you ask somebody to do a job that they've never done before. They have no experience in. Mm. And, you know, you give them that position because you know them and you trust them. Yeah. So that's that's cool. And that helps because you have that trust factor and you know they're not going to steal from you. And they you know, hopefully are, are going to want to help you grow the business as well. But at the end of the day, you, you need someone there that actually fits that job <laughs> responsibility. Like if you want right. to grow and, and, and be great at what you do and, you know. And at some point, it's it's just not great to mix family and and business. You know, yep. at some point, the money becomes a factor. You know, people get pissed. Whatever it is, you start to do well. All of a sudden, you know, people yeah. are, are fighting over money, and, and families are breaking apart because of it. So, uh, early on, too, like you don't know how to structure things. You don't know how things are going to work out. So, uh, you might give them a, a position that you know ends up being a very key position, and all of a sudden, they're asking for more money and all kinds of stuff, and you don't know how sure. to handle it. So, I would even if it is going to be friends or family also bring other people in and give the best person that position Mm. also you know my big thing was i would just bring someone in and be like hey yeah just help with this like no structure no game plan Uh, you know it's if people don't know what to do they're not gonna do it they won't do anything yeah like nothing happens yeah like it just nothing gets done and then you're like what yo this guy sucks like no this guy doesn't suck this guy just doesn't know what to do. At the end of the, like you didn't, you didn't structure it for him. He doesn't know. Right. And, and most people aren't gonna do stuff that you don't tell them to do because you know they feel like you're stepping on, they're stepping on your toes. Like they might get in trouble for because they're not following exactly along with what you asked them for. So you have to have a good game plan. Yeah, and you have to support them. You know, you have to really train them well and uh, and help them be successful. People aren't just gonna walk in and know what to do. Like it's, that's that's a dream. Like that's that's yeah. never gonna happen. So even if they have a lot of experience, you know, they still have to you know learn your processes and do it the right way. So uh, make sure you have that all written out. And I try to when I put the job responsibilities in now, like I try to include everything I possibly could think of because mm. what I noticed is that if you start someone and they don't have this other responsibility and say like, Hey, you know, they're doing nothing half the day, but then you ask them to do something else. All of a sudden it's like, well, how much more are you going to pay me? Right. It's like, well, you know, you're just sitting there doing nothing, <laughs> but because it wasn't in their job title or description, sure. they're, you know, they're all of a sudden think they deserve more. So, um, kind of, just things that I've learned yeah. o- over time, and I'm definitely not great at hiring. I can tell you that much. Um, That's something so, to delegate for you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you and if you're not good at it, get someone else that is, or hire a company that does it, because there are really good companies yeah. out there that will that will find people that fit your exact culture and exactly what you're looking for. So, if you hate hiring, I probably should have did it, because people walk in, they get put their best foot forward. You're like, oh, this person is amazing. They're awesome. They could do yeah. everything in the world, man. They're so great. And then two months later they're not doing anything so <laughs> yeah <clears throat> um i've one of my favorite books is good to great and what they talk a lot about in that book is getting the right people on the bus and in fact actually just earlier today i, I had a conversation with somebody who i'm associated with and we're trying to figure out you know how their company can operate more effectively and i actually used you as an example because you know you and i connected mm, three four years ago something yeah, like that yeah 
And then, you know, a, a little bit of a gap went by where we didn't talk a lot and then we reconnected. COVID gap. <laughs> yeah. And then we, when we came back together, I remember uh, like looking into your brand and everything. I was like, whoa, there's been so much improvement here. Like product, marketing, your, your, just your whole engine that you've built. And I remember what you were saying. You're like, dude, it's the people. 100%. It makes all the difference. 100%. I mean, People ask, you could you could look at it right now and say, what is the difference between you and Yeti or Hydro Flask that are selling a hundred billion yeah. or a billion dollars in products every year? And it's you know really the product itself, the functionality, the quality, there's no difference. Mm-hmm. It's just that they've built an amazing team, amazing partnerships, relationships. They've done it for years now and they've done it right. Yeah. And they've taken care of people. And you know, when you make great partnerships where everyone wins, it, you, start, you start getting somewhere. People start talking and they yeah. start telling the story. And that's all it takes, man. So it, it takes time. Like it doesn't happen overnight. Relationships are huge. Yeah. And a lot of people don't realize that because we're in this technology world now where you can just sit on FaceTime all day. Mm-hmm. You know, you can you can call someone, you know, or you can sit there and DM them on Instagram, whatever it is. But sure. when you meet people face to face, it is oh. a completely different experience. Yeah. I, I think we definitely recognize that through COVID is, you know, everybody's like, oh, I'm doing all these Zoom rooms and everything. So we probably saw more faces uh, because before COVID, I never did a video call. I just did phone calls. Same. And like speaker, <laughs> yep. phone and something like that. And like we're walking through a, a deck. Are you on slide three? You know? And, but after seeing people's faces more often, more people for longer periods of time, I wanted nothing more than that in-person interaction. And for the Esports Trade Association, we had a, a conference in September last year. And it was... It was an incredible conference because of the program and the speakers, but it was that much more incredible because it was the first time everybody got back together in a year and a half and everybody just agreed. They're like, this is what I've been missing this entire time. I'm really curious about the the deals that everybody wins and digging into that a little bit because people, I don't know, we, we oftentimes want to get the most money for ourselves or we're afraid to, oh, am I giving too much away? One of the things that I learned when I was at GameStop is not to throw shade, but is leave money on the table for everybody to eat. I saw some companies over the span of my career that they would squeeze people for every last drop when they could. And then guess what? When they didn't have that leverage, those people were like, screw you. You screwed me when you could. Why would I stick around for you? But I think if you view long game, like, I, I think trying to get the best deal possible, okay, that's great. You want a good deal for yourself. But are, what's the word of mouth going to be around your partnership? What if you come across this person with another business opportunity? Like, what has been your experience with saying, let's let everybody eat? Yeah, everyone's got to win at the end of the day because I think about it all the time. Like, if someone comes to us and they're like, hey, I know I could get more out of this person because they have a big company. They they you know, They do really well. And then... You know, sometimes my sales rep will be like, hey, man, like, you know, we could probably get more out of this. I'm like, yeah, we probably can. But are they going to come back to us next time then? Yeah. Probably not. You know, and same with the partnership stuff. It's, hey, yeah, I can charge this guy this much this time. But the next time it comes around, he's probably just going to go with someone else then because his margin isn't there. They're not making enough. They're putting a lot of work into it. They're putting a lot of effort into it. And nothing's really coming out of it on their side. So uh, we look at that all the time. And there's opportunities where we could make a lot more. Mm. But... Again, we could for one time and, or right. we can, we can, you know, do a great deal where they're getting what they should for the amount of work they're doing. Yep. And then they come back 10 more times. 100%. And, and that's how I, I've always looked at it as well. It's, Hey, this is where we need to be. As long as we're at this number, we're good. Yeah. And, and if they're going to get us to that number because they're putting the work in, they're using their audience, you know, they're sending out email blasts, they're doing whatever they're doing. Awesome. That's yeah. huge for us. Everyone wins. They get more because they're doing more. Perfect. Yeah, I love that approach. So what I what I think a lot of people with this episode are going to want to hear, obviously you were on Shark Tank. Yeah, man. And what one of the most viewed episodes? I on think Shark we're top Tank. ten, man. Then we got the we got the uh, the update too a year later. Nice. I think that was so to give the audience for those few people who haven't watched it yet, definitely look that up. But essentially, Chris comes out. And he flexes his huge biceps 
And then... Uh, hiding him right now. Hi- hiding the pythons currently. But he calls out his brothers. And then people are like, oh, you're th- that Gronkowski. And then after a brief elevator pitch, you challenged all the sharks to a game of flip cup, which was incredible. How did how did that idea come up? And were, <laughs> did you hesitate about like, are we really going to try to get Mark Cuban and Damon John up there and Barbara to <laughs> play a drinking game with us? <laughs> Man, and so, I mean, what were we going to challenge them in, right? Right. That's what it came down to was... You know, this is a, this is this show is awesome. It's for entertainment. People want to watch it. Yeah. And, and you know, we kept going back and forth with some kind of like workout challenge because it fits the brand and fits us. And yeah. What it came down to it though was like, if we challenge the sharks in anything that has to do with fitness or athletics, there's no point. Like it's going to be complete domination. So right. What can we play that there's at least a chance, right? Yeah. At least a chance. More so. skill than like muscle. Yeah, and, and it's yeah. entertaining to watch, and it's quick too. Like the yeah. whole thing was like, hey, let's do a, a push-up competition and see who can do more. I'm like, well, that's gonna take like two minutes. Like no right. one wants to watch that for two minutes. That's that's terrible. So right. Uh, after every fitness thing I could possibly think of, I finally said like, hey. This game is awesome. I think I played it the weekend before. <laughs> I was like, this game's so much fun. Yeah. I sit there and I watch other people play it when I'm not playing. Sure. Because it's awesome. Yeah. And it's quick. It's easy. And it gets people up. And so I pitched it to them and they were like, that's a drinking game. And I was like, no, no, no. Like after games, like we would play it with water to get rehydrated. Really? Which was, okay. Which was not true at all. Yeah. I was going to say, <laughs> but I, I got to feel part of your, uh, maybe your educational experience at Arizona helped to... Uh, aid yeah it uh, definitely your skills there yeah yeah it <laughs> definitely wasn't water it was you know usually it was something clear in there sometimes sure. yeah um other times it was beer but pitch that to them and um they're like i don't think this is gonna work it's, it's a family show like there's no way and just kept just kept pushing it hard that you know mm. this is how we get hydrated after games and, and they went for it so <laughs> after the show um they were like we will never do that again <laughs> so <laughs> the thing is is they keep they keep replaying it um they keep calling me too and like the i'll do some stuff for them still like updates uh, like after the tank type updates of stuff, uh, they'll hit me up just to, to do um like different shows and stuff where i'll, I'll go speak at locally oh, cool. as well uh some podcast stuff stuff like that as well uh because it's it's a success story and they want right. to tell the success stories as well so uh we get a lot of love for the episode so at the end of the day like uh, yeah i think they like the idea too yeah so take me into the tank what is it when those doors open it's not live right but you don't have multiple takes Correct. to pitch them right so i mean as it might as well be live might as they, well be they edit it for you know the tv shows time and stuff but what is that feeling? You've you've walked out on the NFL fields, you know. You've done a lot of things. Was it like when those doors open and those five people are billionaires? Billionaires yeah. are there in person. So, I mean, it's, you could definitely get a similar rush as, as walking out onto the football field and waiting for that first play to happen or that kickoff to happen. Uh, but the thing that I didn't think was going to happen was that I walked out there. I'm facing these five and that's kind of like when they make it like this big deal, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, they're staring each other down. Like it's this tense moment, right? Yeah. The, the truth was that that was not the case. Like you walk out okay. there, uh, you know, they're, they're finishing up, you know, their last pitch or they're talking to each other. They're on their phones, whatever it is. You have two minutes where the cer- the camera circle you and they make sure that like everything's okay. set up, right? Everything's in focus. Uh, they get a couple angles of you, stuff like that. So during that two minutes, they're not staring at you. They don't care. Like, they're not, like, you know, giving you this death stare, right, like they show. Yeah. Uh, and, and at that time, like, you walk out there and you're like, man, I kind of feel like I know them because mm. I've watched nine seasons now of them. <laughs> yeah, and, and you like, watched, like, every single episode, right? But every Yeah, and I was already a huge fan, too. So, like, yeah. I had already seen them. I probably watched most of them twice mm-hmm. by the time I watched them all again because I was running all the seasons. Yeah. And then I was writing down every question, so... <laughs> I knew their I knew their personalities. I knew the questions they asked, the kind of deals that they did, what other companies they were involved in as well, mm. uh, and what other companies they were involved in that were successful. Yeah, which was big. You know, some of them. Lori had some stuff in the fitness industry that I was like, yeah, that could be a, a nice little partnership right there. Sure. So with that, the big question mark was Alex Rodriguez. Yeah. Uh, guest Shark never been on. Like you look up A Rod Corp, and it was like. No one knows what he does, right? <laughs> like right. he supposedly has gym connections and like no clue, no yeah. clue like what he really was doing. So that was the only question mark walking into it. But besides that, 
walking out there really wasn't bad. It's, it was kind of getting over the initial pitch. Mm-hmm. Then my brothers ran out of the back room, flying chest bump, and like, <laughs> you get your bros out there, you get that yeah. energy going, you play some flip cup. After that, it was just it was it was easy. That's cool. So you got offers from all five sharks. Yeah, is that right? Yeah, going in and like, well, you know, answer this however you want, but how do you decide? You you just said you didn't know what Alex Rodriguez was doing after baseball. Basically, he's there. He's there for a reason. We all know what Mark Cuban's done. Yep. You got Mr. Wonderful. He's big on licensing deals a lot of times and, you know, very interesting there. Lori, queen of QVC, right? Um, Damon John is very much apparel. It feels like anything that's like apparel, uh, footwear. We had a, a company called Moves on the podcast that got an investment from Damon John, who was okay, on Shark Tank. Nice. So that was cool. But yeah, how did you decide, I'm going with Mark and Alex? Yeah, man. So it was uh, definitely something that I was like, hey, man, if the opportunity comes, I would want one of them because of their sports background. You know, yeah. they definitely understand the game. Um, to get both of them, it was like, you know, that would have been really sweet, right, kind of thing. Like, hey, we got NFL kind of on lock, NFL fans. You know, MLB and NBA would be like, you know, the massive trifecta, right, in the U.S. Yeah. So that was big. So going into it, I was, you know, definitely thinking that. Um, I thought Lori would have been a good match because of QVC. We are kind of like, you know, a product where you can kind of pitch it on TV pretty yeah. well. And then um, she had, I don't, I don't remember the name of it, but she had this, um, what, what was the name of it? it? It was a workout board. Okay. And it just crushed. Like they did over $100 million, And I'm sitting Whoa. there like, Man, I know they got a nice little customer base already set up. This would be a nice add-on item for them. Yep. Um, which makes me think right now I should probably hit them up and see if we could partner. But um, so I was I was definitely leaning into her portfolio as well. Uh, it seemed like she had a lot of success. She actually on the show wrote down all of her companies that were doing over a hundred million or something crazy like that. <laughs> yeah. And was like, "Are you sure you don't want to go with me?" <laughs> and uh, I tried to bring her in the deal, and Mark and Alex were like, "No chance, right?" Yeah, that happens a lot, right? And, where and, they- they're and competing against each other for sure cool. and, and after it went down I was, I, I'm kind of glad that happened because what you see is like the more people that are in with decision making power yeah the less decisions get made so true uh, at the end of the day like and more equity gets taken away so I, I was kind of glad that we ended up not because you know as you when you go up there and they pitch you they're like oh three is better than two right or better than one and <laughs> at the end of the day sometimes, sometimes that's not, not always. always the case you know Good to be point. able to make decisions make them quick you know without having asked three different people it is mm-hmm. it's kind of nice especially when you run the business and you know what's going on and they don't right uh, so three is definitely not always better than one is what i've noticed plus then they all push the responsibility onto each other. Like, Hey, uh, you know, Chris needs help with this. Can your team help? And it's like, mm. yeah, we're all in this together, man. Right. Like, what's going on here. So, right. Uh, at the end of the day, pretty, pretty happy with where we got to. And then, um, you know, two years into it, Rob ended up actually coming into the company and buying Alex's stock out. So yeah, cool. Uh, he retired. He wanted to get into the business world, hit me up and was like, Hey, you know, I'm, I don't know what to do now kind of thing. You know, I'm retired. Uh, would love to kind of check it out, man, and see what you got going on. Alex was grateful enough to kind of do this this cool product uh, or stock swap if, if Rob went on the, the Barstool podcast and invested cool. in one of his other companies. So, yeah. like, all right, let's do it. Let's do it. So, Rob was in. Alex was out. He got paid out. He got, he got a nice little payday, and, mm-hmm. um, and that's where we're at now. So, Rob and I and then, and then Mark. That's awesome. So if somebody's watching this and they're thinking, man, I want to get on Shark Tank, do you have any tips or um, advice? Uh, you obviously were an NFL player. From what I understand, they re- had reached out to you and you had missed some emails. And yep. then you like went back <laughs> and you're like, oh. So you know, not everybody listening is going to be an NFL player who the, the, the TV show is asking them to be on. But have you experienced anything that can uh, give people a chance? Yeah, so they, they do host open calls. Uh, I also see them a lot of times reach out to companies. Mm. So if they reach out to you, that's obviously a good sign. You're doing some big things. You're probably ready for Shark Tank then. Yeah. Uh, you know, the last thing you want to do is kind of have no sales, have nothing going, and then try to get on the show. Like, you're just wasting time for the most part. Sure. You know, it's hard to, <laughs> to, to invest in anything that has no sales. Yeah. And, and I see a lot of people do that and, like, <clears throat> try to put everything on the show. And if that's the case, they're not going to invest in you anyways. So take that same <clears throat> effort and put it into growing your business Good until point. you get to a point where it makes sense for someone else to invest in you. You know, it's got to be an idea that also can be scaled. You know, and it's also got to be a, a, a company where, 
if you leave the company, it can also run without you. And I think that's what a lot of people miss and also yeah. get caught up on when they get on the show is that, you know, if something happens to you, it's, it's a classic Mr. Wonderful quote. If you get hit by a bus today, what happens tomorrow? Right. And if there's no one else, there's no team, there's no structure, there's nothing there, then they're not going to invest in you anyways. So build that up, man. Build it up. Get yeah. it going. Get to a spot where it makes sense so you actually get some decent money out of them. You actually get a deal and you actually get on the show and then go and pitch to them. Now, a lot of people might hear that and respond like, I don't want my company to run without me. It's my baby, you know? But there is this whole thing. I've been saying this a lot recently is how to position yourself to work on the business, not in the business. And hey, when that one's flowing, it doesn't mean it's not yours anymore. It doesn't mean it's not still your baby. It means you can scale your time. You can go to something else and, you know, maybe take a vacation for once in your life as an entrepreneur. And you could actually grow your business instead of working on it all day long like I did for uh, <laughs> three to four years. No, 100% true. It is your baby. It's hard to let go. It's hard to delegate. But once you do, it's incredible what happens. Amazing. Yeah, we could go all the way down this <laughs> like crazy entrepreneur and uh, Shark Tank, uh, you know, working with Abe Minkara, our good friend, all that. But with the time we have less, I really want to talk about gaming. Yeah, let's do it, man. So we got to talk about gaming. Yeah, so a big part of our sponsorship here is you and I have collaborated for a while now, you know, working my network and getting in touch with people in the esports and gaming industries. People who are watching this uh, or listening might be like, okay, you're this fitness dude, you're this NFL player. It makes perfect sense why you're taking this to the gym. I was at the skate park yesterday and brought this along. Yeah, and so, that's so, what I'm talking about. I'm going to say we need to hit that skateboard market in addition to that gaming market. But if I'm a gamer, why does Shark t- or I'm sorry, why does Ice Shaker make sense for me? Yeah, so it's it's funny cuz it didn't necessarily make sense for me at first either and uh we had a bunch of gamers start reaching out and then hmm. you know, at first I'm like I I don't really get it, but um you know, I was a big gamer back in the day, you know, as an athlete what I would do after every practice was I'd go home and chill. And then my way to go chill was to play video games. So yeah, huge Halo player. When it, when Halo was big at first, then it transferred over to Call back. of Duty. It's back, yeah. yeah. I'm just I'm just not allowed to play video games now that I have yeah. four kids. So, or <laughs> fourth one coming. But um, there we go. But back then, like I, I gamed a lot. So once I started getting into it again and um, like looking back into it, I'm like, man. First off, yeah, like it's cool to have a bottle that will actually keep your drink cold because you play for hours. I would play zombies for like six hours straight without getting up. Right. And then, um, you know, then I started looking into it and like, oh man, there's a lot of different energy powders now that are out there as well. This is perfect for that. But the bottle's going to keep it cold. It's not going to sweat. It's easy to open, so you could you know easily take sips in between. It's not going to spill and ruin your console, all that stuff. So sitting there thinking like, man, this is actually the perfect gaming bottle too. And it will blend your protein, your, your, your mixes up too. And then, um, man, it, it, I think what's changed a lot about the gaming industry as well is that people are taking care of themselves now too. Yes. You know, it's not about sitting in your basement drinking Mountain Dew and eating Doritos. Right. You know, a lot of these, a lot of, a lot of gamers now are getting up, they're going to the gym. Mind you know, and body. They're taking care of themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, they're on screen all the time. So they want to look good. So, you know, this is just going to also support that as well at the same time. So really ended up being like the perfect gaming bottle at the same time as a great bottle for really anything. Yeah, with how multifunctional it is, it, like uh, you can use this, you don't just have to use this if you're, if sh- uh, you know, protein powder in there. I use it for my coffee in the morning a lot of times. Water you can infuse with fruit and stuff like that. Um, and so it's really cool that it's something that can be taken to the gym and also put next to your console or your PC while you're gaming. Um, the other thing I, I just love about, we touched on it uh, briefly, is the, the engraving customization. Yeah, that's what's been huge for us. <laughs> so one thing about, um, you know, gamers is we, we like to be seen as individuals. A lot of gamers either will have their gamer tag or they'll have a, a personal logo. Yep. You know, there, there's a lot of people who are not yet, you know, these influencers with millions of follows, but they stream every day and they have a brand. Or you've got pro teams like the Boston Breach. Yep. You know, yes, just announced a sponsorship there. So talk a little bit about how like like this can engage fans for teams and also people can a quantity, you know, you can do a one off, yeah. right? Yeah, With absolutely. your logo, which is extremely rare. Usually if I'm gonna get it. Usually, if I would get these, I'd end up with a hundred eye shakers I couldn't get rid of with <laughs> yeah. my logo on it. But nah, one to one. For about sure, that. for sure. So we we do this a lot. So what's cool about gamers? They figured out that it's their brand. Yeah. And so they have a logo, and um, 
you know, they're streaming all the time. So why not have a product that you're drinking out of that has your logo on it? Yeah. And so now these gamers uh, that we work with, we work with a, we work with a bunch, man. I, I don't even know how many we're up to at this point, but uh, they'll reach out and say, "Hey, would love to do something with you." I'm like, "Hey, let's let's set up a custom bottle for you." Yeah. So they're using it in stream, they're drinking out of it, and then all their fans, everyone that's watching them, are saying, "Hey, where's mine at? Like, I want to get one. Let's get it." So we're able to build out drop la- uh, landing pages for them, mm-hmm. so they can actually sell the product. We ship it. They don't touch it. They don't have to deal with any of the inventory nightmares, any of that, and we custom engrave it usually within the same day, yeah, uh, for the most part, and we ship it out for their fans that purchased it, and then you know they get a cut of it as well. So, a uh, great model for everyone. Also helps build their brand as well on top of it, as as well as just putting a little extra cash in their pocket. So, absolutely, it, it's been it's been awesome for us. But the customization side of it, it it's key, man, and to do it quick and efficiently is something that no one else can really do right now. Yeah, I mean, the quality, you're going to have that logo printed very clearly and accurately, and you're going to get it the next week, which can't be beat. Um, I want to talk a little bit about your recent partnership and investment with the Boston Breach, the newest Call of Duty League team. Uh, When Oxygen Esports announced that they're starting a Call of Duty League team and they're taking over the Overwatch League team in Boston, my mind, knowing you was, wait a minute, I know an NFL player who spent some time in Boston, and I'm curious, I know Chris is looking at the esports market, what's going to happen? You called me, you're like, dude, we're part of that team now. Yeah, How man. did that come to fruition? I, I don't even know. Uh, <laughs> so my, my brother Gordy is still like, we call him the mayor of Boston. Like okay. He knows everyone. He still parties all the time. He's the oldest and just always meeting everyone, networking, and he's the best. So... um Knew the investment firm that was investing into OXG, and mm-hmm. um, they, they reached out to my brother and were like, "Hey, like we would absolutely love you guys to be a part of this. It really helped build the brand, make a spark, especially in Boston." So we looked into it, and I was like, "Yes, all, all day." Like I've seen the esports world, I see what it's doing. These teams are the next NBA team, the yeah. next NFL team. It's the same thing, and. and it took me probably maybe three minutes to explain that to my dad, and he was like, "Wow, you're right. Mm-hmm. Like, this is the next NBA team, the future it really of entertainment." Is. And Absolutely. so, um, you know, they reached out, and we're like, "For sure." So we all got in. Um, all the brothers, my dad even was like, "Nah, you guys aren't going in without me." So my dad got oh, in nice. on it too, uh, wow. as well. And um, you know, with that, we were able to invest into the team. It would be a part of it, but also at the same time, was able to you know bring an ice shaker to be a sponsor of the team yeah. as well well i'm a big believer of cr- when you're breaking into new market creating advocates right and so you could tell me how awesome ice shaker is of course you think it's awesome or of course you tell me even if you thought it wasn't because it's your brand but if you but if i tell somebody about ice shaker maybe before the sponsorship you know <laughs> <laughs> but you know you get somebody else who's not associated who doesn't ha- isn't getting anything out of it it's word of mouth advertising. And it's so difficult, especially in a skeptical industry like esports, where, you know, people are getting in for the wrong reasons, or, you know, people are, you know, it's like, wait a minute, like, what? You're a fitness guy. You're an NFL player. Why do you want to be in gaming? Oh, I am a gamer. You know, I have been playing for a long time. You get those initial case studies and those people to say, hey, man, cool guys you know, great products, you got to do this. And then that starts rolling downhill like a snowball and you grow exponentially in that market. Yeah. We're, we're excited to see what comes out of it because we've seen such a good reaction to the product in a short period of time. Yeah. We, we entered the gaming space with a couple other partners. Uh, Advanced GG has been one that's been awesome for us and <laughs> entered in with them and just had no idea what was going to happen because sure. we aren't a gaming brand, like you said. And you know, it's almost like you're this outsider. You know, you're an NFL player. You're not a gamer kind of feel. So, I didn't know what the reaction would be, but we got into the space and we sold out the first day. You know, they, Advanced GG did a launch. Uh, <laughs> they immediately sold out in three hours, and I was like, "Wow, there you this go. is a, this is a pretty cool market to be a part of." And I'm glad it went as well as it did because I just I wasn't sure. You know, it's sure. it's different, man. Like you, it's just for the most part was unknown for me, and mm-hmm. I've learned so much and have grown so much more in the space since then. But yeah, you know, uh, a year probably a year and a half ago, I just didn't know what to expect. Yeah, it's one of those things where the brands who do it wrong, like they wish they never did it in the first place. <laughs> yep. 
But when you do it right, like this is a community that if you respect them, you go to them and say, how can I help you do more of what you want to do? How can I enhance your experiences? And you give them something that they wanted but couldn't do without you, man, this community is going to embrace you and champion you more than just about any other on the planet. And that's, and that's what we've seen. I mean, we've went above and beyond to provide the gamers with their own custom bottles, yeah. allow them to sell it, you know, really try to, to help them, you know, come out and we gamed it, we gamified it. You know, if you sell five bottles, you can now add two new colors. Yeah. We yeah, try to make sick. it that market, you know, let's, let's play in their space and, and make it what they love doing and gamify it a little bit. So, uh, yeah, you have to, I mean, and that's what's, you know, to be good in business, you have to adapt to situations where, you know, that's what, that's, what's normal. So Perfect. Uh, had to, had to try to figure it out, man. But you know, my old gaming spirit came back, man, there and, you go. and I'm, I'm ready to get back on the stick. So my kids now, my oldest is about to turn five. Okay. He's on this iPad. He's playing first person shooters all day, which I don't know if he should be because he's only five. <laughs> So don't don't hold that against me, but I didn't introduce it to it's him. Fortnite. It's Fortnite. Hey, it's Fortnite. He, he got on Roblox, and I like next thing I know, I'm like, this guy is unbelievable. Yeah, first person shooters. He's sitting there like somehow he's talking to his cousin. I don't even know how who's at his house, and he's five, and they're on there just unbelievable man so i think he's i'm like man oxg yo we got we got some recruits coming <laughs> that's right I you're got, building that pipeline I got, th- I got three of them coming so <laughs> perfect let's uh, save some money in the cdl league for him <laughs> Heck yeah. well to round out this episode um you know ice shakers come such a long way from that idea when you just had these sweaty smelly you know blender bottles all the way to you've got you know multiple skews you had the companion that yeah. sold out immediately, <laughs> yeah. basically a, a cooler that fits any skinny can, whether that's your Red Bull, your White Claw, whatever. Um, I'm really, I got to get my hands on one of those once those get back in stock. But tell us, what is 2022? What is the future for Ice Shaker this year and moving forward as you see it? Man, it's, it's been good. Um, a lot of things change when you put a game plan in place mm. and, and you really kind of going back to you know what I was talking about earlier you you build a team yeah and, and you you know you get everyone on you get this culture the structure in place where everyone wants to win so mm-hmm. really did that in 2021 and this thing started taking off so 2022 even more motivation now uh, we yeah. put a lot of cool things in place we have a lot of cool partnerships coming uh, OXG was one of the first ones um, just signed a, a licensing deal with the US Army congratulations so, yeah, That's we'll, huge. we'll come out with like the official license US Army wow digital camo on the bottles so super pumped for that but that's that's what we're doing you know kind of before we said make great partnerships that everyone wins on that's That's what we're doing that's really what's taking us to that next level so uh redoing the bottles lines as well um Mm -hmm. all paid for all new stuff this is actually going to be the fourth time we do it yeah uh in five years so what we do is we take the feedback from our customers and we actually do it we actually implement it so um everything from hey there's gaps in the lid. The protein gets stuck up there where powders do. All right, let's fix that. So we're filling that all in. Uh, a lot of people don't understand that you have to double-click the top. Mm-hmm. So we put a groove on it now on our next edition where you know it's shut because there's a groove there that has to be pushed down into and it clicks into. So yeah, uh, you're not shaking up your protein with only a single click thinking it's closed and all of a sudden it's flying all over the place. So sure. fix stuff like that. Put a silicone base on it as well. So um, Yeah, you know, I love this. Like it's yeah, soft got, when you put it down. For sure. So yeah. we got it on our 20-ounce bottles, not on the 26 yet. So we're going to implement that as well. Cool. We do have um, an, a, a twist and fruit infuser. So the agitator will twist off. A full-size fruit infuser twist right in as well. Sick. So really all we do is we take the feedback of our customers and then we actually do it, which I don't know how many companies do, but if you run a company and you don't do that, like you're, you're missing out. Like that's, yeah, that's how you build customer loyalty. And that's how you actually know what to do next because people keep telling you what to do next. Yeah, they keep <laughs> requesting it. So yeah, I know sometimes you got to be innovative on your own and, and, you know, create some cool new stuff. But when people keep asking for the same thing, you could still integ- integrate it and, you know, at the same time, make something a little bit new and, and cool as well. So that's yeah. what we try to do. You're just continuing that service that has made you successful from the outset. And I think that's that's a huge thing. I talk about it in partnerships all the time. When you're going to a partner, first question should be, what do you want to accomplish? When you're trying to uh, evolve your product, you go to your customer, right? And say, how can this be better for the things that you need? And then you listen and you serve them. And then you're successful. 
with the right team. Hundred percent, hundred percent, man. Yeah, I just I just did an Instagram poll, and people think it's like the the coolest thing ever. And I, and I asked, and I said, "Hey, we have the gold lid or the black lid for the U.S. Army bottle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which one?" And fifty-five percent of people said gold. And I said, "All right, perfect. That's what I'm going with." And that's that's so cool because it's like I feel like I was part of that decision, and I'm getting that bottle now because I said gold. I voted gold, and you made it. Like yep, absolutely, that's sick. Yeah, and, personal and, touch. And and I talked to someone that same week, and they're like, "I can't believe you do that." I'm like, "Why wouldn't I do that?" I was right. like, "It's actually batting ten for ten when I do it." And I've actually went against the crowd once. How'd that and, work? And uh, it did terrible. <laughs> so I, I had, because I kind of make it like a, almost like an NCAA bracket. You know, sometimes I'll do like multiple bottles. I'll start with like eight and I'll put them up against each other. And then sure. I'll, the next oh, one will move to the next round. And uh, the one time there was two left and one got like 70% of the votes and one got 30. And I was like, nah, I'll just bring them both in. Mm-hmm. The one that got 30 it sold like, it took, it took three times as long to sell them. And I'm like, yeah. man, I'm never bringing in a bottle that's not voted for again listen to the audience well hey um to finalize this episode where should people follow you and i shaker in the ways that you want them to yeah for sure please give me that follow at chris gronkowski i'm on a lot on tiktok um instagram and, and on both platforms i'm answering questions so feel free to ask anything from sports a lot of sports stuff but fitness business really anything i'm happy to answer questions about anything we talked about today you want some more details on it just just shoot me the question and hopefully i'll get around to it but um love engaging love it and hopefully um at some point i get to talk to everyone that's listening today but at chris gronkowski social media uh for me personally and then at ice shaker on instagram trying to build up the tiktok for it as well but um yeah twitter linkedin facebook all that as well and then icehaker.com baby right on well cheers to you my friend thank you for joining me on the dlc drop podcast boom Yes, sir. Thank you for listening to the DLC Drop Podcast. This podcast is part of the Esports Futuri Podcast Network and produced by Innovation Media Enterprises. Make sure you subscribe on your favorite podcast channel and leave us a review.